Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
around the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord radio show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler. And this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give us a call to the live show at 713-955-0508, or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and pull up that website and just go to the top left-hand tab there, hit that live, you'll see all of the live shows that are on that website. There are over 1,400 live shows on that website at this hour, and you will consistently find this radio show on pages one through four of that website. What a blessing. And now again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating the congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and study along with us here on What a Word from the Lord radio show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, praise you will be my special guest speaker on the show this evening, Michael Dockery, and my co-host, Isa Mullins, as they break unto our listeners the bread of life. And also my special guest in the community corner, Amy Sparks, as she shares her talents and gifts through our community. We just pray that you will continue to be with all those who will be on the show this evening as they continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you would Bless our listeners who are tuning in via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they may consider their eternal stance before you and that their hearts may be pricked. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who died such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. For I pray that you'll continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful until death, Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. In the first segment of the broadcast, my special guest speaker is Michael Dockery. He serves as the evangelist for the New West Side Church of Christ there in Live Oak, Florida. Looking forward to hearing his message on the broadcast. And my special guest in the Community Corner segment is Amy Sparks. She has the School of Hope here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So Amy's been on the show in the past, so we're looking forward to having her on the broadcast once again. And then to close out the show, my co-host Isa Mullins. He serves with the Cary Church of Christ there in Cary. North Carolina, he'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close. So open up your Bibles now and open your minds and let's have a great show. After the break, the next voice you hear will be that of my special guest speaker, Michael Duckery. Enjoy the show.
What a word from the Lord radio show. Last time, I, 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 I,
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my special guest speaker, Michael Dockery. Good evening, good evening. We bring you greetings from the New West Side Church of Christ in Live Oak, Florida, where the Lord has blessed us to be able to minister to his people for now are going on pretty close to 40 years. Uh, God has truly been good to us. Uh, in the city of Live Oak, and of course, uh, we get the opportunity to reach out and touch those who are around us, especially those that are not members of the body of Christ, and get a chance to share with them the unsearchable truth that we can only find written inside of God's holy and divine writ. Uh, on tonight, I want to talk with you about a subject that I think is extremely pertinent to the church today. Uh, with everything that we see going on around us, I think that you're going to agree uh, that the topic and the subject matter we'll be talking about tonight uh, is very, very needful uh, for us to talk about right now. And, of course, the subject that I'm going to talk about is beware of offenses. Beware of offenses. Now, before we get started, I want to look at this word offense. Uh, in the biblical sense, uh, an offense or to offend means to purposely place an a object of stumbling in front of someone. In other words, you do something to someone or you place something in front of someone knowing that it's going to cause them an issue, knowing it's going to cause them a problem. And if that person is a member of the body, if that person is a Christian, then uh, the word of God is extremely, extremely tough uh, on those of us who are members of the church especially what we're going to learn from tonight. If we don't learn anything else, I want us to be real, real aware uh, that Jesus, uh, in his word, he taught that Christians have to be extremely careful uh, how we interact with one another, how we think about one another. Uh, in the text, uh, we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 18, verses 5 to 7, uh, right from the offset. So let me read this text. It says, whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. But then he says, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. And then Jesus said, woe to the world because of offenses. Offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense come. My friends, the world that we live in is filled with sin. It portrays itself in so many different ways. Ways like lust, dishonesty, betrayal, envy, and yes, hatred. Uh, there's never been a time in my life that I've seen hatred practiced so openly and without shame as it is today. But Jesus teaches us that we should value each other greatly especially in the church. It's nothing nowadays to hear brethren openly talk about one another like it's nothing to it. And to say things without regard to how they make the other person feel, and not only that, but then to revel in it. Uh, Satan, though, is rejoicing like never before because he sees the one place that love should rule Lord's church without any barriers 
refusing to use the, the power of love like the Lord commanded us to use it. And the cavalier attitudes that we have today about how we treat each other and how we talk to each other, they are shameful and will cause somebody to miss heaven's gate. Uh, we have to all are our brother's keepers, whether we like it or not. Now, our words, our attitudes, and practices can lead others to sin, and there's a price to pay for it. The lives that can be destroyed by lack of concern, they are precious to the Lord, even if they're not precious to us. It's high time that we took it serious, that offenses will happen, happen, but a unspeakable trouble will come to the one who causes it. Now, when we start talking about bewaring of offenses, the first thing we need to have to beware and not make sure that we don't get ourselves caught up uh, in that particular way of doing things is we got to ensure we have the proper attitude. We got to have the proper attitude. Now, Jesus said that the attitude that he wants to see in us is the attitude of a little child. In Matthew 18, verse 4, verse number 1, Jesus said, or the scriptures say rather, at that time the disciples, they came to Jesus saying, who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So again, um, I want to call your attention to the conversation that's going on is the disciples of Jesus, they come to him and they ask this question about who is the greatest in the kingdom? Who is the most influential in the kingdom? Who is it that you would look at in the most positive light uh, in the kingdom, in the, in the church? And Jesus called a little child to him. And he set the child in the midst of him and he said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, of course, we're talking about uh, the kingdom of heaven where God himself dwells. So Jesus says, in order for us to be successful at this thing called Christianity, in order for us to make sure that our attitudes and, and the way that we practice our thinking processes, if they really please God, then Jesus said, you got to learn to think like a little child. And the first thing he says, first, you need to be converted and then become his little children. In other words, he's saying, if you, if you never truly convert, if you never surrender your whole mind, body, and soul to the Christ, you'll never be successful in this Christianity thing. Because remember, the Bible tells us that God saw fit to make the captain of our salvation perfect through the things that he suffered. So Jesus came to the earth serving everybody, going around doing good to all men, especially those who were in covenant relationship with God. And, and how did he get repaid? By evil. People did evil to him, you know, and, and here we have the Son of God who had left the coast of glory where he, where he had been with the Father from you know, from the beginning of time itself. And, and, and he comes down to this earth, and what does he do? He turns around and he comes in the form of a servant. He gives up all the glory of heaven, and he comes to the earth in human flesh and turns himself into a lowly servant, someone who eventually would even get down on his hands and knees and watch his disciples' feet. So now you've got these members of the body of Christ, these, 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 these disciples of Jesus who come to him and ask this question, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So we see these attitudes of me, 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 you know, and, and, and elevating yourself. So Jesus is going to deal with that. And, and remember, 
willing to esteem others better than ourselves. Okay, so the disciples are having to learn this concept, and Jesus is going to teach them, right? So he places a little child in the midst of them, and he tells them, unless you are converted and then become as little children, you will in no means enter the kingdom of heaven. He says in verse 4, therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest uh, in the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you're like me, uh, you should be concerned because uh, nowadays uh, with the advent of social media and, and you know, we have, some, we have some dynamite brethren out there in our brotherhood. We have some extremely super intelligent brethren out there. Uh, I'm telling preach the walls off the sermon. I'm telling you, take a text, turn it upside down, great, okay? But then we have these extremely intelligent brethren who will get out on social media and beat each other up in public. And unfortunately, a lot of these threads, uh, the general public has access to them. It's not just members of the body of Christ, but then uh, the general public has access to it. And then we see brethren get on these open feeds and tear into one another. Now, uh, are we going to have disagreements? Are we going to have situations where uh, someone may be teaching something that's false? Yes. Uh, and the Bible tells us how to do that. Uh, the Bible tells us exactly how to do that. We go to them and, and them alone. We, we, you know, there's nothing wrong with us talking to them. I mean, we, if we're going to try to recover and save and hold on to our brethren, then we have to have that dialogue with them. We have to talk about uh, things that we disagree with. Um, and then we have to also rebuke them when they're wrong, okay? But then <clears throat> this when uh, does the scriptures teach us that we ought to be doing that in the open forum, uh, where the world is there? It doesn't. Matter of fact, what we have Jesus doing is warning us that you better be careful how you even interact with your brethren. Because if, if one of those brethren of yours uh, is carrying himself like a little child, he's really serious about his Christianity, and he's carrying himself like a real true child of God, understanding that he is in complete and total subjection to Jesus, then Jesus says, you send one of them, if you place a stone of stumbling, and, and when we start talking about a stone of stumbling, we're talking about willingly, knowingly, saying are doing something to another brother or sister that you know is going to cause them problems, okay? So, 1 Corinthians 14, 20, the Apostle Paul said these words. He said, brethren, do not be children in understanding. When it comes to the word of God, don't act like a child. However, he says in malice, when it comes to evil thoughts, then be like babies, okay? But in understanding, he says, be mature. So even when we fall out with one another, and we disagree with one another, amen, somebody, then we have to be careful. We have to understand what the will of the Lord is. And, and God wants us at all times to care ourselves like mature Christians, like Christians who, even though we may disagree, you know, we don't want hatred in there. We don't want that anywhere. Man, we want to eradicate that. We want to get rid of it, okay? And, and, and to do that, then oftentimes we have to be, whether you like it or not, we have to be aware of the feelings of our brothers and sisters that we're going to talk with. I'm not saying that we have to agree or go over what they're doing, okay, but the way that we choose to interact with them, uh, we have to be extremely careful because the Bible does tell us exactly how to do that. Now, my brothers and sisters, our actions, 
can cause other people to sin. Uh, the things that we do, uh, it can cause other people to sin. Uh, in Matthew 18 and verse 7, Jesus said, Woe to the world because of offenses, because they must come. But woe to that man by whom that offense comes. So Jesus says, if you do that and you do it willingly and knowingly, then the word woe means trouble. So in other words, he's saying you can look for trouble from me. You can look for trouble from me. Not the person that you're dealing with. Not these other people, you know, who might jump on your bandwagon and pat you on the back, you know, and, and give you all the accolades that you seemingly are looking for. All that can happen. But Jesus says, when you do it, you're going to have trouble on me. Now, here's the reason why we really, really ought to be real, real careful and don't want to do that. Number one, Matthew 18, verse 10 teaches us that angels watch over God's children. Yeah. The Bible says, take heed that you don't despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven the angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So those little ones are children of God. Every Christian is a child of God, every last one of them. And last time I checked, the Bible teaches that when it comes to the church, every member is needed, every last one of them. Okay? Even the ones that you figure you don't need at all, the scriptures say you do need them because iron sharpens iron. And, 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 and when someone is lacking, when someone's missing uh, what they need to have, uh, then the scriptures even show us that God has put the church together in such a way where those more feeble members get the attention that they need. The ones who are spiritually weak, then we give them more attention. God's work is designed uh, to be done and used that way. So when we interact with one another, uh, the Bible teaches us that the angels always see the face of our Heavenly Father. So every last one of us, whether you like it or not, you know, you got you got an angel, you got you got a messenger of God who's got their eyes on you at all times. How often do other members of the body of Christ stop and think uh, about how God is looking at all of that? Okay. Another point I want to make, and I have to do this real quickly, is that we need to learn how to take proper care for our brethren. You need to have proper care for your brethren. Paul said in the book of Romans 14, verse 21, he says, It's good neither to eat meat or drink wine or do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. So Paul really taught the church that it, when it comes to doing something for your brother or your sister that you know is going to cause them issues, you know it's going to cause them problems, you know that it's going to be hurtful and harmful to them and could lead them to sin, uh, the Bible flat out tells us um, you need to avoid that. Don't do it. And then in Romans 12 and verse 10, the Apostle Paul said, be kindly affectioned one toward another with brotherly love. And then he says, in honor, preferring one another. So when it comes to wanting to lift someone up, instead of always wanting to look at someone on the outside, I mean, let's face it. Uh, there's nobody who was more excited about the advent of Barack Obama becoming uh, our president. Uh, it was awesome to have a black man in the White House. Uh, but you know what? Barack Obama was not a member of the body of Christ. And, and, and how can you tell? You can tell by a lot of the things that Barack Obama was teaching and going along with and putting into law. So, you know, as, as much respect as I had for him and his office, uh, when it came to honor, uh, no, no, no. Another Christian, another child of God, a faithful child of God needs to be above that in my estimation. 
and, and of course, in the Bible estimation as well. Now, uh, I really want to get to this point right here, which is my last one. When we do have issues with one another, uh, the Bible teaches us you need to fix those issues immediately. And, and, and this is very important. In Matthew 18 and verse 14, Jesus said, Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Not one. So if they're a member of the body of Christ, we don't want to lose any of them. You know, we, we need to be as patient as we can. We need to go as far as we can to retain it. Remember, the whole idea, the concept is that God wants us to always retain these relationships, this fellowship one with another. If we're walking in the light as he is in the light, then we have that fellowship and we want to, we want to retain that. We want to keep it. Why is that? Because in the world, the church of Christ is in the minority. We are not in the majority. There's just not that many of us. Not only that, but then since COVID, our numbers have really dropped. Um, we have people who uh, choose not to even assemble together. And, and, and don't get me wrong, it's great uh, that we have the avenue like we do with the electronic devices that we have, okay? But then uh, how can we provoke one another to love and good work? And then not only that, but then uh, if someone walks into your assembly and you're used to seeing that person, you have a personal relationship with them, uh, you can encourage them. You can admonish them. You can help build them up. Because a lot of times all you got to do is see their faces. If they're suffering, if they're ill, if something's going on, you can just look at them and tell something's wrong. And you automatically go and approach them and, and, and you want to get involved to, to do everything you can to help your brother or your sister. But then you can't do that <laughs> over a phone or over a computer. You just can't do it. You can't be as effective. Uh, as you can in person. So, verse 15, here it is. The Bible says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, then you go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. If I were you, I would be highlighting that. I would be underlining that because that is the key. The key is you have gained your brother. I don't think that we use enough emphasis on the fact that God wants us to always, if possible, tame these relationships with one another, retain fellowship with one another, hold on to it as, as hard as you can. Uh, now, think about this. Um, the scriptures are telling us that if you have that issue with one another, you go with them alone. No one else. You don't involve anybody else. Uh, usually, uh, a person's guard can come down a whole lot more when it's just you and them talking. Um, even if harsh words get passed, uh, then the two of you can kind of work that thing out, and, 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 and no one even knows that you had an issue. Yeah, if you take care of it, the two of you together, right? But then when we start involving, the more people that we involve, then the, 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 the less chance we have uh, of really being able to work that thing out. But then the Lord tells us, well, uh, if he won't listen to you, then take you two or three more with you. That by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Look at that. God wants us to make sure that we're making maximum effort to retain relationships with our brothers and sisters. Matter of fact, he wants to make sure that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, it can be proven that we're going the extra mile to hold on to these relationships. Even if someone has sinned against you, 
Okay? Scriptures is telling us to do that. And then it says if he refuses to hear them, then tell it to the church. Guess what? If he won't hear the two or three of you, now you can tell it to the whole church. Everybody in the congregation can take a shot at trying to repair that relationship now. It shows us how much God wants us to hold on to one another, not just brush each other off so easily, not just throw one another away so easily. You know, we need to fight as hard as we can to maintain those relationships. And then it says, but if he refuses to hear you, then let him uh, be to you like a heathen man and a tax collector. So it's only after we went above and beyond the call that we finally turn loose and then let him go. Okay? Now, as I close, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, it says, you heard that it was said by those in the Old Testament, you should not commit murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. Verse 22, Jesus said, but I say to you, that whoever is angry with his brother without cause will be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother Raka will be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, will be in danger of hellfire. So he's saying, you're in danger of losing your soul if you call your brother a fool or worthless. You're saying, I don't need them, but we don't really need them. No way. You know, we better off without them. Well, then you're calling them worthless. Well, remember, Jesus died for that worthless person. Yeah, yeah. He hung on a cross, shed his precious blood for that worthless person. You know, that person uh, that just like you has committed sin uh, and will probably commit sin again because they've got the propensity for it. And, and the Bible teaches us that since we are aware of that, we are saved by grace through faith. So if we look at the unmerited favor that God has already gave to every last one of us, man, we ought to be willing to go the extra mile as far as we can to hold on, uh, regardless of what's going on. Now, Jesus feels so strong about it. Now, I'm just about done. In verse 23, he said, therefore, because of what I just said, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there you get there, you remember that your brother had something against you, let me make it clear for you. You go to worship. Okay, you go to worship. That's the idea of the altar. Okay, you go to worship. You get to the worship, and then you remember that your brother has something against you. Now, not that you have something against nobody. Okay, it's someone you know who has a problem with you. Okay, verse twenty-four says, "Leave your gift right where it's at before the altar, and go your way, and first be reconciled to your brother, and then come." And offer your gift. Now, I want you to think about this as I close. Think of the members who have fallen out with somebody else, get angry, pack up, leave their congregation, run over to another congregation, place membership over there, and never fix their issue. What we're learning, what we're learning tonight is, you know, it's going to be hundreds and thousands of members of the body of Christ you know, who did not listen to this teaching from the Lord, and they're going to wind up finding out that hell is going to be their home, that they're going to wind up in the lake of fire. They're going to wind up being separated from God for all of eternity because they refuse to go and fix these relationships. So how we interact with one another, you know, Jesus is the one who said beware of the senses. Beware of that. You it's hard enough uh, trying to be able to hold on, to get along, to keep the, the unity of the spirit, the bond of peace, with all of us trying to do the right thing. 
it's hard enough then. But then you know uh, if Jesus said let the wheat and the tares go together, then you know it's going to be some weeds up in here. It's going to be someone who ain't going to do right. If somebody ain't going to live right, if somebody's going to be hard-headed, somebody who's going to be difficult, someone's going to be arrogant, somebody's going to be all about themselves and not about the Lord. There's always going to be those folks, but then Jesus said it's not your job, it is not my job, it's his job. It's his job to separate. Our job is to fight as hard as we can to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bonds of peace. We got to do it as much as life in you, the Bible tells us. Live peaceably with all men, especially those who are of the household of faith. Uh, it, it is my sincere prayer tonight uh, that we do a better job, that we do a better job of how we interact with one another. Uh, even when we disagree, uh, we can disagree without being disagreeable. Uh, we don't have to get ugly and nasty with one another. And, and please, please, along with me, pray for goodness sake that even when we do have our disagreements, that we will not choose a forum uh, like a public domain dirty laundry out there. Um, and it, it, it's sad. It's sad. But then, unfortunately, uh, there are even gospel preachers out there doing that. And the world is watching. The world sees that. And they, there's no way they're being drawn toward Christ. Um, they're, they're being pulled away. And, and, and turned off by that. So it's just something that I'm hoping and praying that every last one of us will be aware of and do a better job of. And I know for a fact that if we do the will of the Lord, the way that the Lord says that we ought to be doing it, then the Lord will give increase to the church. And we all have really what we want, which is to save as many souls as we can and keep souls saved. Uh, on tonight, thank you so much for giving uh, giving me an opportunity uh, to share a little bit with what thus said the Lord on tonight, uh, my brother. Amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. With all the talk, what is your goal? With all the talk, what is your goal? With all the talk, what is your goal? Now that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that heaven is my goal. No matter what they're saying, call me and I'll go. I'll tell you I'm not saying. Lord, I hear the streets are paved for pure and gold. Breath of God blows gently through my soul. Perfect peace That's why I'm leaving That's why I'm leaving 
Thank you so much for accepting the invitation to come. Now, you got to tell us now, Amy, what it is. Now, introduce yourself first to our listeners, and then tell us now what it is that you're doing with the School of Hope. Well, my name is Amy Sparks, and I am the co-founder, along with my husband, Rob Sparks, um, of the School of Hope. Um, I am a principal, and I'm also uh, I'm a teacher, I'm a school counselor. <laughs> I have many hats that I wear, but um, my husband and I opened a school in memory of our What's son, up, Jared. Um, and we um, opened our school uh, in memory of our son, as I was saying, uh, and he passed away 13 years ago. Show? And our son had um, autism. Hold on, let me and text so, it to you. Right. And so um, with him having autism, it really, uh, and losing him, it made us realize that the Lord had um, a work for us to do, and that was to open a school here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, to help children who have autism. Now, Amy, I'm trying to get your president of your board on this show. He just gave me a call on my cell phone. He wants to chime in with you on the show. So give me a second here. Let me get him on the line. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, just uh, excuse the pause for a moment because I really want this brother's name is Ron Liggins to come on this show with Amy. He just, he was uh, caught up doing something else, but he just informed me that he will be able to get on the show. So just give us a hot second here. We'll be back. Uh, with Amy and Ron Liggins on the broadcast. I'm going to play a song, Amy, and then that by that time he'll be on the show, okay? Let's take the small break right quick because I want him to come on. Okay? Sounds great. Sounds great. All right. Thank you. Okay, I think we have uh, Ron Liggins on the line with us. Ron, are you there? Yes, sir, I am, and I'm glad to be here. All right. Now, Ron, I had to put my show on pause. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm very, very sorry for that, but I got tied up in the Bible class. It's all good, because we know you're doing, out here doing some good work now. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is Ron Liggins. He serves with me at the Helen Street Church of Christ here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And he is uh, on the, he's the president of the board of the School of Hope, and he's on the board with Amy Sparks. Now I'm going to let you two go at it a little bit and discuss with our listeners what's uh, going on with the School of Hope, okay? All right. I'll be fine. Ron, you go first. All right. I, I would like to really, first of all, thank Steve for inviting us to the radio program. You know, Steve is really very helpful also around the church, too. And uh, we, we don't know what we would do without Steve. So this is really a rewarding thing for us to be here tonight. But uh, one of the things that Amy and I are invested ourselves and our lives into 
It's called the School of Hope. And uh, I I hadn't had a chance yet this year to tell Amy that, you know, we got to get us a slogan for this year. I haven't even mentioned that to her. So this is the first time Amy's going to hear me say, I think our slogan should should be, we can do more in 2024. All we right. can do more I love it. in 2024. And I think Amy's going to say, well, you know, Ron, I heard that. You said that while we were on the radio station. Wow, I like that. I think that that's going to be one of our goals here to make sure everybody gets that motto. But, you know, we have other goals at our school there. And and, and what I want the, the absolute janitor listening tonight is that the school of hope came from a mother's heart. It came It came from a mother that already had an autistic child. And the child passed away. And the child passed away. In honor of that child, that mother says, I want a school for autistic children. Today we have a school of hope. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Yes. Today we have that school of hope. Amen. Amen. We're so proud to be there. We're so proud to be there. And and one of the things that we decided long, about seven years ago, was if we can start a school, our goal for our students in that school is instilling confidence and motivation in each of our students, instilling that confidence that they are somebody, okay, that everybody is somebody in the, in the school of hope. So we have to be able to stay on that particular track as we move forward, okay, so we're setting a lot of things for them there at the School of Hope. Amy will talk, talk toward that, but, but setting goals for, for their achievement is, is one of our, our, main, our main goals there, tracking student progress and, and also uh, adjusting uh, their strategy, our strategies as far as teaching them. But I'm going to let Amy talk toward that, okay? So I'm so happy to be here tonight. I don't want to take up much time, but, but Amy, it's on you. Well, Ron, I love the slogan, we can do more in 2024, and absolutely, God's been so good to us. Um, As my good brother said, I'm also a member of the Church of Christ, and with Steve, and, you know, we know that God has great plans, and even through death, I believe that God can take a tragedy, and he can turn it into something far greater than we ever imagined. And I like to focus on the life of our son instead of the death of him because I believe his life was absolutely for a purpose, and it was very intentional from our father. And so um, as Ron said, we we are not sitting idle at the School of Hope. We started um, approximately seven years ago with five students, and now we have approximately 61 students. And we have calls every single day um, asking us if we have room because people want their children at the School of Hope because they see a purpose, they see intent, and they see that we are working hard to help kids be their very best and not to see the disability but the ability in all of our children. Amen to that, Amy. You know, uh, I've come down and we've talked so much about building a, a foundation for the future success of that school of hope. 
And that is primarily our goal, you know, and right now we're in the motion of, of, of looking forward to what we call expansion. We're looking forward to be able to, to, to widen and broaden the school of hope. And hopefully with God's help and a lot more prayers, we'll be able to get that expansion underway. Yes, we um, we have grown so much that we have purchased a modular building. Um, unfortunately, we have not been able to get that modular building together until um, almost two years later. But, you know, as, as I said, you know, our ways are not the same as God's, and he knows his timing is perfect. And so we are hoping to purchase land where we are currently located, and we are closing on this land on May the 5th. Um, we've already met with engineers, myself, my husband, Ron, and um, our, engin- our engineer. And um, they've talked with us about where we're going to be placing the building. And then um, that would be phase one. And then we have a phase two where we will be expanding even more so that we can service more children. But it takes time and it takes energy. It takes a lot of wisdom, and I ask God every day for it because that's something that I need. Um, but I believe that we are in the right direction. God has just been so good to us and blessed us. Um, and it's like I said, it's been in his time, not in ours. And sometimes that's hard, especially for me, to be patient. But God's teaching me I have to sometimes just be patient and trust him. Amy, why don't you tell our listeners uh, how they can enroll their children in your school? Well, first of all, um, we would love for everybody to check out our website. If you go to www. and you have to put the word the school of hope. net, um, you'll see on our website that it'll have a tab where you can schedule a tour and. I think it's very important that parents have the opportunity to not only talk with us, but to see. Um, You know, it's so important that they come and see what we're actually doing and that we can show them our campus, show them what their child would um, have and, and experience the warmth, the love, the education that they would be receiving because it is a private school. Um, We ask that they schedule a tour. And then after that, if they feel that it is the place where they might want their child to be, then we have another process where they would turn in their application. And then we would set up a day for them to come and spend the day with us in our classroom. And after that, we would decide whether or not, or the parent would decide whether or not um, they would want to proceed um, as far as you know, continuing on, and that involves um, testing. Um, we don't take it lightly at all because when we say that we're going to service a child at our school, um, we take that very serious because parents are paying money to be able to come to our school. And a lot of times um, public education was not what was best for our children. That's why parents are searching for another alternative or private school. So, Um, That being said, you know, we want to make sure that we can service the child and make sure that we have everything that we need on our end 
so that that child is successful at our school. It's absolutely not about the money. It's about the heart, and it's about giving these kids the education that they need and that they deserve. Well, Amy, you know I really you know, do appreciate you coming. Uh, Brother Ron, you have something you want to say? No, no, I just wanted to just add a little bit to something that Amy was saying about no child to be left out of that school. The school is expensive, but uh, in initiating the school, we also initiated the idea that we needed to have about four different grants. And if the parents would apply for and get all four grants, the child would come into the school of hope free. But oh, if wow. say the parents did not get all four grants, one or two, that's all they could get. If monies were left over, then we challenged the board, which I'm on. We challenged that board to fundraise so that no child would be left out of the school of hope. Oh, very nice. And I, I want to add right now, and I apologize, I didn't mean to interrupt. Right yeah. now is a crucial time because if you go to the North Carolina State Education Assistance Authority, every child and every parent that wants their child to go to a private school is, is allowed the opportunity to apply for the Opportunity Scholarship, and that would pay for tuition. And it, it depends upon income as to how much or, you know, how much a family might receive. They have certain qualifications that have to be met. But the beautiful thing about it is, is that there's also what's called the Educational Savings Award Program, and it's the That's ESA Plus. Right. And mm-hmm. so that is a substantial amount of money in that, um, in that grant. But the grant is open from February the 1st until March the 1st. And so it is so important that parents apply between February the 1st and March the 1st because we don't want a parent to miss out on this great opportunity of being able to receive funds so that their children can attend a private school and especially the School of Hope. Amy, give out your website and contact information again. Um, Our website is www.theschoolofhope.net, and our information is, our phone number is area code 910-339-5683. And we absolutely would love to hear from folks. Um, If we can answer any questions that you might have, maybe you live in another state. Maybe you don't know what to do. Maybe you know somebody that just had a child that was diagnosed with autism. We are not just a school. We feel that we are a very important organization. We are a nonprofit, and we believe that we can help so many parents that live all over this country that need help and don't know where to go and don't even know what to do, don't know where to start. And we want to be a resource for them as well. Hey, I certainly appreciate you all joining us in the community corner and sharing information with the School of Hope. Ron Liggins, president of the Board of School of Hope, and Amy Sparks. Certainly appreciate it. Thank you. Stevie, thank you so much for allowing us to be mm-hmm. here tonight. God yes, bless you. Yes, ma'am. God bless you both. Mm-hmm. The Community Corner. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Oh, yeah. 
This is a program reminder. Stevie B Media Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. The telephone number to the live show is 713-955-0508. And the website is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash gospel light radio show. On Tuesday evening, I'm hosting a live show, What a Whoop the Lord Radio Show. And this show will air every second, third, and fourth Tuesday of the month. On the second Tuesday of the month, the show will air from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and we have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Church of Christ who will be making their proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And also during the show, we have the Community Corner segment, that segment designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our community. I also have two co-hosts on this show, Lou Gilbert, he's the evangelist for the Oak Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Isa Mullins, he serves with the Church of Christ in Cary, North Carolina. Then on the third Tuesday of the month, that show will air from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And my co-host is Dr. Antherica Lane. She's a board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist. She serves with the Gray Road Church of Christ there in Cincinnati, Ohio. And she'll be hosting her show, Conversations with Dr. Lane. And on the fourth Tuesday of the month, that show will air at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And my co-host is Kelly Fletcher. She serves with the Livingstone Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana. And she'll be hosting her show, The Kelly Fletcher Show. And then on Thursday evening, I'll be hosting a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. And this show will air from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And there are eight co-hosts on that show, Clay Phillips, Johnny Morris, Dr. Frank Washington Jr., Steve Coro, Glenn McMillian, Stanley Hubbard, Yusuf Ford, and Brian Christian Coleman. And each week I have two of my co-hosts on the show, and they'll be breaking their lessons from the Word of God. And I have a co-host that'll be answering my shout-out question on my social media platform on social media called Shout It Out. They'll be answering that live question on the air. And we also have the Friday night show that I'm hosting Stevie B's Acapella Gospel Music Blast. And this show will air from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. And this radio show is the 2022 recipient for the Cabon National Academy of Christian Acapella Music Artists Award for Outstanding Achievement in Record or Radio. On this show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, the sweet sounds of voices. And we're also interviewing artists, producers, writers. And we're also debuting new music and featuring old music on the broadcast as well. Every third Friday of the month we have a top 20 countdown show and we also have on demand episodes wherever you get your favorite podcast from. Just type in Stevie B Media Productions and you can find these shows on various musical platforms on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, YouTube, just to name a few. And we also have recorded version shows. These shows are done in beta high fidelity so the sound quality is excellent and you can only find these shows on iHeartRadio and also on Amazon Music. We also want to thank our sponsors for sponsoring these radio shows. If you'd like to become a sponsor, just contact the sponsorship manager, Michelle Marco, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Her telephone number is 954-687-4705. The three E's of Stevie B Media Production, it is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, we want to encourage you in the study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. And if you miss me from singing, sing it. and you can't find me nowhere, nowhere. come on up to glory. glory. I'll be singing the fair. Yes, I will. And I'll 
Come on up to glory. I'll be praising the best. Her minister say to see other day The glory. glory, I'll be singing the best. Yes, I will, and I, I know the Lord. He will agree. to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, good evening and God bless you. I want to send a special shout out to Brother Steve Butler for giving me the opportunity this evening to talk about the goodness of God. Tonight, our message title is entitled, The Battlefield of the Mind. The Battlefield of the Mind. Our scripture reference will be taken from 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 7. Give you time to turn to that and we can read it together. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 7. And it reads, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power 
and of love and of a sound mind. Brothers and sisters, we concern ourselves these days with diets. When we look in the mirror because we want to look better and we want to feel better, we exercise, we take pills, we drink all kinds of nasty shakes, we stop eating fried chicken and throw out all of our snacks because we desire to be healthy. And that is a very intelligent and prudent desire. Having a strong body is a good thing. We do everything in the world to strengthen the body, but forget about strengthening our minds. How many strong and powerful men and women grapple today with depression, anger, insecurities, and evil thoughts? Many of us have even gotten involved with people that never should have been in our lives only because of how we felt about ourselves or we allowed insecurities and temptations to take over our very minds. The prisons and mental hospitals are filled to capacity constantly with men and women who could not control their minds. How different our lives would be if we gave God our minds. I want to spend a little time this evening to talk about the prophet Elijah and how he battled within his mind. Uh, yes, Elijah was a very powerful prophet of God. His very name means Yahweh is my God. This man of God raised a widow's son from death and even outran the king's chariot, but he still had a terrible battle in his mind with fear. Let us turn to Kings chapter 18. And we'll be starting with verse number 20, Kings 18, and we'll be starting with verse number 20. And it reads, so Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, how long halt ye between Two opinions. If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bulls, and let them choose one bull for themselves, and cut it into pieces, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bull, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bull for yourselves and dress it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. And they took the bull which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any uh, that answered. 
and he leaped upon the altar which was made. And, and it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud, for he is a God, and maybe he is talking or he is pursuing or maybe he is in a journey or bare adventure he is sleeping and must be awakened. And they cried aloud, and then they cut themselves with knives and lances till the blood gushed out upon them. And then it came to pass when midday was past, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any to answer nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And then Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bulls in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, Fill four barrels of water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near. And he said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. And hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell. And consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said unto him, Take the prophets of Baal, and let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon, and slew them there. And we journey to Kings chapter 19, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the God do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow at this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and he came to Bathsheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he came, went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father. My brothers and my sisters, tonight, I want to talk to you a little bit, and I want to tell you that the enemy was not Jezebel. The enemy was how he thought 
and how he felt about himself. Sometimes the enemy is in a me. I want to say that one more time, that sometimes the enemy is in a me. It is inside of you. How did a man who just witnessed God answering his exact prayer with fire from heaven become so filled with fear that he wanted to die? It sounds terrible right now. It sounds terrible, period, but it happens every single day all over the world. God wakes us up every single day. He opens up our eyes to another morning. He puts air in our lungs. He gives us legs to walk. He gives us mouths to talk. He gives us food to eat. He takes us back and forth and up and down dangerous streets and highways to jobs that we complain about that somebody else on the street would love to have and heals our sick bodies and gives us shelter and surrounds us with his love. But as soon as Satan throws a one problem our way or sometimes life happens, we quickly forget all of the blessings and quickly descend upon into anger and sadness and some of us even depression. Isaiah chapter 34 and 4 says to me, say to them that are of a fearful heart to be strong and fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance and even God with a recompense that he will come and save you. Psalm chapter 118 and verse number 6 says, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. And what can man do to me? Deuteronomy 31 and 6 says, be strong and of good courage and fear not nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. My brothers and sisters, tonight, as you listen, please do not forget that God delivers. Do not listen to the whispers, the negative, evil whispers that tell you that you are a waste of time, that you have always been and you always will be a loser. You are alone in this situation, cannot and will not ever be solved. And you may as well be dead because no one on earth or in heaven cares about you. My brothers and sisters, do you understand who your father is? Who told you that you were nothing? Who blew out your candle? You are more than conquerors with Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 11, 9 through 10 says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Psalms chapter 27, 13 through 14 says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. I'm going to say it again. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I'm telling you this evening. 
that God wants us to tell him all about our needs. Tell him all about our wants. Tell him all about our pains and our problems. But yet, at the same time, he wants us to be thankful for the good things that we do have. Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30 tells me, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hebrews 4 and 16 tells me, so now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. Friends, one of the most amazing gifts that God has given us is our human mind. We cannot continue to allow our situations to dictate how we feel about ourselves. We can choose to accept that God loves us and can and will save us if we only submit to his guidance and to his will. Your mind is the battlefield, and God has already given you the victory. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number 7 says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. So there is no more reason for you to hide in your closet, shaking with fear under your bed. Right now, give God some praise. Give God praise for delivering you over and over and over again, delivering you from dangers seen and unseen. Give God praise right now for the covering of your family. Lord, praise God right now for loving you when you wasn't even loving yourself. Praise God right now when you are for raising you up out of your bed this morning. Praise God right now for taking people out of your life that shouldn't have been there in the first place. Praise God right now for saving your life. Praise him for getting drugs out of your life. Say hallelujah for getting you out of prison and out of the prison of your mind. Give God praise right now. Romans 8 and 37 says, Yet in, even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors and has demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. My brothers, my sisters, my friends, everyone listening right now, please listen closely. You are a child of God. You are wanted. You are chosen. You are a child of the one true king, which is such an honor. You didn't have to earn this position. It was freely given to you out of his great love. My beloved, you are a masterpiece. You can accept God's salvation right now 
at this moment in time. You have heard the gospel according to Romans 10 and 17 and John 8 and 32. All you have to do now is believe the gospel according to Hebrews 11 and 6 John 20 and 31. Then repent of your past sins. Luke 13, 13 and 3, Acts 17 and 30. Confess your faith in Jesus Christ, Romans 10 and 10, Matthew 10 and 32. Then be baptized for the remission of your sins according to Galatians chapter 3 and 27, Mark 16 and 16, and Acts 2 and 38. And then last, be faithful unto death, Revelations 2 and 10. Remember, as you exercise your body, change your diet. Do not forget to change your mind and change your heart to follow the man who died for your sins. God loves you forever and ever. Have a blessed evening. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Put your hand together like this. I want to let you know, with Jesus, everything are going to be all right. Come on, help me, fellas. I said, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. You know that. I've got a Everything's gonna be alright. Help me, y'all. Oh, I get a feeling. Right. right. 
What a word from the Lord radio show. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.